This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello and welcome to the latest View from the Gladys Street podcast on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. I'm Ian Kroll and joining me on today's fan show we have, I'm back from his trip from Barcelona and watching Lionel Messi in action, it's Conor O'Neill. You alright Conor? Evening Ian. How was your scouting trip to Barcelona? Very good. Yeah, if we're going to sign one play in the summer I think we should all go out, we should go all out for Messi. And really Messi, yeah. yeah. Any others or... Yeah, I think he was, he played at Hesco Madrid, so they got a couple of good defenders. Yeah. It was uh, lads, I think Hernandez, the back, Godin, very good. My fields are called Sal, but he's going to City apparently, so... And what did you make of the, the new camp? Incredible. It's it's incredible. I mean, I know a lot of people have been to watch Barcelona, a lot of English football fans go, but if anyone's not been and gets the chance to go, then I'd highly recommend it. It's it's something else. It's, it's a fantastic experience and it's an incredible stadium. Considering it's so old, like the yeah. way it's built and stuff, it's, it's incredible. How long do you think we'll be waiting until Everton get the chance to play at the new camp? Um, well, you've got, you've got an old pavilion. Speechless. Yeah. <laughs> big, big McKean hoofing a ball on there. <laughs> um, I'm moving on to my final guest. We have Rob Assel, who's played an absolute blinder because um, he's come in as a last minute, last minute replacement. You all right, Rob? Even mate, you okay? Yeah. Full track last night. Exactly, yeah. He's going to score a belt today. Just to run through the agenda today, we're obviously going to talk about the defeat to Fulham. Going to ask where the desire was from the players and is there still an attitude problem with certain individuals? Obviously, can question whether complacency did creep in slightly. Going to look at our Europa League chances. Um, obviously running in to the end of the season and just to finish off we're also going to discuss why the FA aren't taking any action against blatant blatant acts of diving against certain individuals um, as well as a very very short United preview um, Rob then we'll start with you just just your, your reaction to the, to the loss really against Fulham after what has been a, a really good couple of weeks for Everton you know Fulham have to um, lost nine in a row We'd won three in a row, and we go and do that basically. Uh, it's classic Everton, isn't it? Um, I was like most Everton Evertonians over the past what four or five weeks. You know, we've enjoyed watching our uh, team play again, and then all we have actually been looking forward to this game, thinking, you know what, we'll push for the seventh spot here. You know, we can end the season on a high, and my heart saying that all all through the week and then Saturday just before kick-off I think myself something's not right about this and then obviously the first half performance was nothing short of dire um, just seemed to be a lack of agency desire it was almost arrogance from our team I thought from from, from Everton um, from the off and and I thought get you know we'll get them to half time get it nil nil and you know we've had some good responses in second half after we've had poor first half this this season and with and what within was it 30 40 seconds you know at the restart it was it was one nil Fulham and yeah just after that 
I kind of lost interest. Um, I had as much interest in the game as some of the players did, by the sounds of it. Um, and then it was the perfect opportunity as well, wasn't it? You know, Leicester had got beat the night before. At the time, uh, Wolves were getting beat at Southampton, and obviously they'd go on to get beat. You know, we could have. I think we could have ended the night, the day in seventh, couldn't we? Um, and then Watford play tonight in a tough game against Arsenal. We probably would have been in the driving seat for them for those Europa League spots. And once again, how many times have we said that we've just let ourselves down uh, from you know the manager, the players on the pitch, and people wonder why fans can be so negative towards the team at times when they do that. You know, it wasn't even. Like we were playing a good side. This is Fulham, like you just said. There, they haven't won another winning. What was it? Nine. Haven't kept a clean sheet since December. And the the effect only battered us two 0 And yeah, just you know when you just think I can't be bothered with this anymore. Connor, I mean, Rob said there it's classic, classic Everton, wasn't it? You know, Leicester lost, Wolves lost. The results went our way to a point where the. the the, the pressure was kind of on to, to take advantage of that and we just we just didn't did we no and it, it's just a re, seems a reoccurring theme of our season where we seem to get in you know positions where we can almost take command and control and we, we just throw it away and I think that the, the thing what got me a little bit was there was hardly any Evertonians actually surprised that we got beat on Saturday because most now have come to the expectation of oh, well, when you think it's on it's very, it's very rarely not, yeah. and, and unfortunately that wasn't another case on on Saturday, and it, it's just frustrating more than anything because again you, you think the pennies dropped, again you think we've turned a corner, we're on the right road. You know, you, you look at the Arsenal game, probably the performance of the season, we were outstanding. The Chelsea game, we kept a clean sheet because we, we put our bads on the line and, and played really well in the second half, and let me go. And, Put a performance in like we do on Saturday, and you're just thinking against Premier League fodder as well. Yeah, not even a good side. Yeah, and you just well, relegated now. Yeah. You're just thinking to yourself, you know, how and why is it possible? You know, why, why, why is it happening? And what is alarming is it, it keeps happening. And I think Silver even alluded to himself in the afterwards. He, he said he was con- he's got concerns because it does keep happening, and that is a big concern because we can't become one of them teams who are well, when we play someone big we might we might raise our game and have a go but when we start playing lesser opposition we just go through the motions and you know because we think we're best than what we are we're not you know there's a reason why we are where we are at the table and the only the only saving grace I suppose you've got is if you know Arsenal win tonight is that no one's really stole a march on us for seventh yeah. but the way we played it was as if we didn't want to play get seventh we played as if like if you was the same round as said all them players have been told not to put any effort in because we don't want to get seventh don't want to go in the Open League you will firmly believe that because we were so passive and you know I know Rob said there that the, the first half was poor for me the first half was like watching a pre-season friendly yeah there was, there was nothing there was no intensity both sides and I don't just mean Everton I mean Fulham as well because they were pretty poor yeah because they've obviously got nothing to play for the season's over it's damaged limitation for them pride you know, you could say a little bit of pride, but they're going to come second bottom pretty much because you can't see Huddersfield doing anything. They're not going to catch Cardiff. And they were passive and it, it was just so slow. And so you, you're just thinking, I mean, I, I watch Man, I know they're on a different level and they've got better players, but I watched Man City play Fulham a couple of weeks ago on, I think it was the early game, and he was 2 up inside 25 minutes because he just went at it full throttle, got 2 up. And then played like a pre-season friendly for the next 65 minutes. 
we didn't even do that. We didn't even go, oh, well, the first 15, 20 minutes, we bombarded them. We just look passive and it, it's just, again, it, it it's kind of, they build this this club and this team seems to build your hopes up and your expectations up and they just love knocking them back down. And like Rob said, that's why people moan and people start getting fed up with it because it just happens now on an all too regular basis. And yeah. that is Silver's big task for me. He's got to turn that that sort of mindset round because like I say we can't become one of them teams who oh when it's a really big game we have a go and we raise it when we start playing less opposition we just you know we go through the motions because it's really massive we're just playing we're playing Fulham we, we should just turn up and beat them that's not the case in the Premier League and football and you don't put your effort you don't put effort in you don't get rewards and if anything the players should have known that because they'd seen previously that putting effort against likes of Arsenal Chelsea you get rewards we put no effort in and got no rewards on Saturday. It was the opposite effect. Is that what it boils down to then? Complacency and, and desire of the players? Because, you know, cl- quite clearly, Marco Silva wants to win every game. And I'm not saying the players don't, but did they did they go onto that Craven cottage pitch and think, you know, Fulham, relegated, easy? Yeah, wholeheartedly. I think, I mean, watching it live and even, I mean, I was, weirdly, I even watched it back. I watched highlights back. I don't know why. What's wrong with you? I don't know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I wasted 20 minutes of my life watching highlights of it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just, I felt like there was just an arrogance about us where it was our, like, it was our right to go and win. And I think I, tw- I tweeted someone about it at half time and said, you get a goal against these, they'll collapse. Like Connor just said there, City did it. City went there and they were tuning up inside 20 minutes. And after that, it was the training game that it needed to be. And... But they'd done the work. But they'd done the job. The job, you know. At the end of the day, Fulham's heads were down then, and they didn't want. They weren't interested. If we'd have done the same thing, we probably would have walked away with the three points. And it, I've said it before as well on on podcast prior to this. We haven't got a club captain who can who can pick a team up by on the pitch and by the scruff of his neck and win a game. There's no one on that pitch who leads. Don't worry, Jaggy Alka's not a bad captain. Coleman's not a bad captain but they're not I don't think the expectations there pay on the on a personal level for them to be the best mm. and I think we need a player in that team who who sits in the middle of the park or even a goalkeeper I don't really know anywhere on the pitch who can go what are you playing at you get over there you do this blah 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 and dictate what's going on and if you've got someone on the pitch like that it, for me, it's a potentially a different game. Surely that should come from the, you know the team talk as well. Though. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not disputing that as well. But in a live environment, when the game's going on, you know, a, a, a game of football can change within seconds. Effectively, can't or I would talk. I wouldn't. You know, no one really expected Fulham to. I think Fulham at the bar didn't in the in the first half as well. No one expected Mitrovic to have you know to all of a sudden decide to turn up and be the one of the best strikers in the league. Oh, Fulham fans must be livid as well. Works exactly. both ways. Yeah, you'd be furious, wouldn't it? Yeah, they've just been relegated and then they've just beat a top top ten yeah, team. It's like I'm not, but, but on the pitch, you know, Marco Silva's picked a team there on merit because they were all brilliant last week against Arsenal. You know, every single one of them players, so they all had the right to keep their place. But and obviously, like within the team talk, they should be like, "Come on, let's we'll get at these." You know, we can do it. But she wasn't there when we were on the pitch, and I think if someone is there on the pitch, you can do that and pick them up whilst the game's going on, and and be the winner that we need in that team. 
it might have been a different result. And but this is what, and this it'll keep happening really until until that until that's addressed for me. So how do you address it then, Connor? Is it is it just as the answer easy as saying we'll get new players in in the summer because. I think we're, we all know we're not going to bring, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in. So there's still going to be a fair few players there that, that played on Saturday, still at the club next season. So it's a bit of both, isn't it, surely? New, new yeah. players with a winning mentality and obviously a bit of magic, hopefully, from Marco Silva. Yeah, I know what Rob's saying there about, about the captain, but I just think for me, it's about the whole squad, not just about, you know... Individuals. Yeah, you've got, you've got to look at the squad and think, well... You know, in that dressing room on Saturday, surely at the half time, someone and Silver included, surely they should have been saying, if we go up even one ounce here in our game, we'll beat these. We step it up here and, 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 you know, we string five passes together, we'll probably cut them open. And if we do that, we'll, we'll win the game because their heads will go. We get a goal, their heads are going to go because, like we've, like we've said, you know, the second bottom for a reason. They've had some rubbings in the last couple of weeks, you know. Every time they, they sort of, I mean, I, I was reading a little bit out for them before the game, they were saying every time they got back in games, decisions went against them, more mistakes, you know, the Liverpool game where they get back into it, mm. and then the goalie goes and drops one and, and brings, um, I think it was Salah off me, no down for a penalty, and they can't say, no, nothing's gone our way, etc. Mm. So if I was, a, if you, you should be sat there thinking, well, we get, we get a foothold in this game, we'll win because the heads will the, go. The heads will go. Mm. So for me, it's not just about having some, like, someone on the pitch. It's it's about a lot of things, and like I said earlier, that's that's Silver's big task because it's happened far too many times now this season where the complacency's creeped in. Do we think we're better than what we are? Maybe a little bit. And I think for me, it, it's it's not just about bringing new players in because we brought new players in. The summer just gone, and they seem to have fell into that mindset of what some of the players who've been there before uh, have got. Because don't forget, this has been we've struggled for a couple of years now, haven't we? You know, we have good results, we have good runs, run of form, but we've also struggled. So, for me, I think it's about changing the whole mentality of, of the club from new players coming in to players who've been there, you know, five, three, two, eight months. Because that's the only way we're going to improve as a club and stop these type of results happening on a weekly basis, on, on a almost monthly basis. I was following Twitter. I was following Twitter at half time as well, and it was um, was it Adam Jones you had down there? Yeah, yeah. He tweeted at half time just as the players come back out. He, the words I'm paraphrasing here. It was the Everton players trudge back onto the pitch. <laughs> you know, with their with their heads down. It was I mean, along he, those. He's it, obviously seen that and described it. You know, and, and for me, if you, if you're still in the game at this point, which we obviously were, it was nil nil like we've said against relegation fodder. You know. What's been said at half time there if they've come out on the pitch like that? You know, someone, whether it's Marco Silva, whether it's the club captain, whoever it is, and and, and the players as individuals as well. You know, Richarlison had one of them games on Saturday where he was a little sulker, wasn't he? Hmm. You know, he got booked, didn't he? And he, he was fuming. Yeah, he sure he, he was, booked, yeah. his face was like a little child. Yeah, you know, and, and there's something deep-rooted within this squad of players who are a talented bunch. Let's not, you know, let's not take that away from them, but something inside this, in that dressing room which isn't right and it needs addressing. Evan, I've spoken about before about having maybe like a sports psychologist come in 
and to really get to the bottom of it. I think it was mentioned under um it's been mentioned a few times like under like past regimes. I don't think ever anything's ever come with it. You know what? If if it means sitting them down as individuals and turning them into winners and giving them that self belief where they can go and beat anyone. Yeah. Whether it be Fulham or whether it be Chelsea or whether it be Arsenal or anyone else. Great. But there's obviously something fundamentally wrong and Is that not man management though? It could be, yeah. It could be down to the man as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got a point because yeah, you've got a point. But for me, you know, you look at some of the best managers in in world football. Yeah, I I, I, I seen a a piece today from Freddie. (laughs) (laughs) I think Kevin De Bruyne has done like that player player thing, like the player website where they speak out and they're open. I think Lukaku's done stuff and Lingard, Mm. and he's done one saying like, you know, I I spoke to him, you know, a handful a handful of times at Chelsea. And he goes on to talk about Pep Guardiola and it's it's all the mates. It's mm, all yeah. the mates. And he's got the trust in the backing and, you know, De Bruyne obviously feels comfortable every time he goes out there that Guardiola's going to trust his decision-making. And, you know, you look up the past stuff with the teams who've been real successful. They always go back to, oh, the manager made us believe, you know, I've seen a thing with Mourinho and I know he's had his, his critics at United and stuff, but uh, Wesley Snyder said when, into Milan knocked Barcelona the Champions League in the semi-final stage and when she started said we had a team meeting and everyone walked out the team meeting thinking they were world beaters because always almost talk about how good we was he said we were playing the best team in the world and they won the Champions League he said, he said yeah. but we never spoke once about how good Barcelona were or what the threats were he, went, he just spent the whole time talking about how good we were so we walked out thinking we were world beaters <laughs> it was almost like we forgot we were playing the elite force in world football because mm. we'd spent that long and it got into our heads that mm. we you're the best you're this you're that and even like you you know I know Robbie Savage says it but when Martin O'Neill had big success at Leicester you know probably on what probably on what we'd expect now but Everton in some respects what they had when they won the League Cup and he'd got into Europe a couple of times and, and he said that O'Neill used to make them feel world beaters because he was just so good at getting into the heads and getting them down and that's where I get a little bit concerned with Silver because, like you say there, if the players are coming out at half time with their heads down, what 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 he said? What what's he said at yeah. half time, where the players are coming out with their heads down? If you say like, oh well, we've got to do another forty five minutes here. If you can't inspire them and you can't get them over the line and turn the mindset round, then he's going to struggle. Because one of the big problems with the Everton with Everton is it's a lot of its mindset and a lot of it is, you know, yeah. being able to almost achieve the unthinkable. And David Moyes done it for so long. You know, ultimately, he had the right individuals. He had as well. the right individuals who would obviously listen to him and trust them. His problem was he he kind of lost his head a little bit when it comes to real big games. Mm. So it can, and that kind of shown through to other teams. But in terms of the fight and the passion, it was there for all to see on a lot of occasions. Yeah. And I think that's where Silver, to me, this year has certainly struggled because there's been far too many times where. Don't get me wrong, there's been times where we've come out second half, we've been brilliant, and you can say, always oh, give the best team talk ever. But there's been too many times where you've, you've had to question what's he saying and what he's doing to get them up for games because, you know, you look at the, some of the first half to plays we've had this season, they've been abysmal. I mean, I look back at like Link, Bournemouth games. Link, but Lincoln in the FA Cup, Bournemouth. They, I mean, I know we were 2 1 up against Lincoln, but it was terrible. Mm. It was absolutely dreadful. I mean, they were League Two opposition. I'm, I'm just going to counter that. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think at that at that moment in the season, our squad and the players 
were playing with a lot of anxiety. Goodison oh, oh, wasn't a nice they, place. They, they were, but was it? That's where you need your manager to stand up and be, be, be brave. Absolutely, yeah. Go out and prove a point. And turn, and turn your head and, and get we, you think on the right way. We have done that a little bit. Well, we're, we're going to struggle. Well, they're gonna, we're going to struggle because as a collective unit, got, obviously, mm. Silver needs to shoot that he's mentally strong. He's got the mental belief in his own ability yeah. to go out there and back the plays 100%. We have done that a little bit, though, haven't we, over the past, probably since since the Cardiff game, yeah, at least. Absolutely. But it's it's alarming that we, we dip back into that old routine so quick, though. Okay. That's what that's what the worry for me is, is okay. because if we can't get yeah. a level of consistency on a, 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 you know, almost a proper monthly basis, then there's always going to be question marks over People always have question marks over them. Well, you're not going to win every game, are you? No, but you can't produce performance like we did the weekend against a team like that. Absolutely, and I don't disagree with it. But okay, let me ask you this: This is the both years. We'll start with Connor first, but this is a crazy shout, and it might be might be crazy. Um, you want the Europa League, Connor, next season? Yeah. You want the Europa League, Rob? Don't you? I changed my mind after that weekend. You don't want it. But no, you, re, yeah, last week I said I did one. Yeah, but let's go with that. I want the Europa League yeah. Everton next season and sold the 40,000 Everton fans who go to Goodison. Like, I would say, suggest. Yeah. Do the Everton players want Europa League next season? Do they want to be playing on a Thursday what? night what? in Eastern Russia, getting flights that are probably. Mm full of turbulence and can't be bothered and then do you know what I mean no no and that's why I said earlier when, when I said about the game if you look if you look at the performance it was as if the players knew they had a chance of seven and thought what are we doing here let's yeah. not let's not get too ahead of, let's not get too ahead of ourselves yeah, I, I, I mean I, I, I watch some of the fan TV channels on uh, social media and stuff like that and there was a West Ham one new the week after we beat them 2-0 at their place and this lad lab was on and he, he said it's as if every time we get in touch and distance to seventh in Europa League football Pellegrini tells us tells the players not to turn up <laughs> he said because every game we've had this season where we've been in touch and distance to seventh we've been comfortably beating the game the game after he said it's as if people are saying at the club oh, we don't want to get seven because it'll disrupt our season yeah. we, we could get dragged into a relegation well, the players think, and, and is think, that a thing from the players and I think a little probably a, maybe a little bit but if I was one of them players sat in that dressing room I'd be, it'd be, there's a chance to play test yourself in a European competition play against top top players and you're not you're not guaranteed a group with an Eastern European trip we could get a trip to Spain France yeah. and Germany the, the two hour flights you know so you can't, you can't <laughs> as you recently it. know <laughs> as I did, yeah. but you can't look at it like that and if I was a player in that room some of them players might never have to get a chance to play in the Champions League if we're being honest some of them probably won't be good enough to get you know some of them players we've got now Will they achieve top four, top four football with Everton? Probably not. If we're, if we're being honest, so oh, we are next, where we are. Next, that's how good the, we are. The next best thing is the Europa League. So if I was a player, I'd be thinking, well, I want to test myself in that competition, play against some of the better, the better teams. And you know, you, you look at that David Moyes season when we, we got knocked out by Florentino penalties. We could easily have won the competition that year. Easily won the competition. I think people look at the Europa League because we had one bad spell in it under Ronald Koeman. I say, oh, you know, we shouldn't go in there. Well, that that whole four months was just a disaster from start to finish in any competition we were in. And mm. so oh, I, I like to hope that the players don't look, don't don't think of it like that. But when you look from a a bigger sort of spectacle, you do think it must play on the mind a little bit, on on the thing of oh, you know, the Thursday Sunday erection season, and you know, it, it's no good. I don't even think it's the Thursday Sunday what erection season. I think. I think it's seven place wrecks your following season, isn't mm. it? Because if you finish sixth, it's it's automatic group stage, isn't it? 
a playoff game, isn't it? You or one, one playoff, playoff game. game. But you're not start. But you're not starting your season in July. In, in July, July, are you? Yeah. Which is which tends to be the po- the po- the poison chalice of it. Really, look, you know, you look at Burnley, but look at Arsenal. Arsenal didn't start the season in in July. I don't mean I'm going to Arsenal. You know, a substantially better team than Burnley. I'm not, but they're still playing Thursday, Sunday. Chelsea did the same. Don't yeah. wrong. Chelsea are having a bad season by their standards, but you know they're not. There's more factors than just Thursday, Sunday football. Chelsea exactly. Still, yeah, no, and this Thursday, Sunday thing for me, it's a myth because David Moyes, whenever he got Everton into Europe, we still managed fifth and sixth finishes the following year. Didn't we? We still Spurs, always had slow starts, didn't we? But we managed to come on strong. Spurs managed the Europa Spurs were in the Europa League for God knows how long but they still managed consistently finishing 5th, 6th and 7th now don't get me wrong I know it's not that shouldn't be your ultimate goal but it's it's that level of consistency which does eventually make it one of Europe one of Europe's elite mm-hmm. so for me it's it, it's not finishing in the Europa League place it's this finishing 7th where your entire pre-season is disrupted. You know, when we it's the it's the playoff games prior to the official season starting. Yeah, so you've got two. What was it we played last year? Was it two two qualifiers and then a playoff? Was it? Am I right in saying that? Rosenborough uh, split split, and then did we play one more game? I think so. Whatever we did, anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a lot of football. It was, it's a lot of competitive football. And then, but he was, I mean, Cumin was treating them as friendlies. He openly came out and said that, didn't he? Yeah, and, and but at the same time, though, it's still. I mean, it, it must be. You can say you're treating it as a friendly, but I tell you what, if he's going out to that competition against Adrock Split in, in August, his cards already marked, isn't it? So there's an element of seriousness in it. Yeah. So it, to me, it's this finishing seventh. If we finish sixth, don't make there be, be any qualms over it. You'd be made up. Mm-hmm. But it's got to be the mindset of the players. They surely. You're right in what you're saying. I agree. The Thursday, Sunday thing shouldn't be an issue because you play Wednesday, Saturday in the Champions League. Yeah, it's, it's the exact it, same it's thing. The weekend, well, we'll play Sunday and Wednesday, don't you? This week in the Champions League, so, same with City as well. You exactly. Know, yeah. But in terms of if you look at it at the bigger pitches, the players thinking Marco Silva could. Have, I mean, I don't know if he did. I don't know what he said against Fulham. He could have given this rousing team talk. He could have given the best team talk in the world. But in the back of the minds, the players are thinking, God, if we win here against Fulham. We're in pole position for the for the Europa League, the and players, we, we the, might the, have to come back early or something like the, that. The thing what gets me about that though is that they didn't know that though, because they didn't know how Wolves were getting on. Well, they knew guys they got beat. Yeah, but that's just Sorry. one team out of a potential four, though, isn't it? Hmm. Because you've also got yeah. but if Watford, you, the, so, yeah. so you know, for all I knew, Wolves could have been four 0 up at Southampton. So, are we under them being in vain in but terms if, of our top seven hopes? But if the but if the if the potentials there maybe. He did take the foot off the gas. Mm. I mean, this is, I mean, we're turning this into a bit of conspiracy theory in a way, aren't we? And it's, it's, it's great, isn't it? <laughs> but it's like, like an ethics documentary, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> like, I know I said, I know I said last week that I did want us to get Europa League, but you know what? Now I'm not so sure because I don't think them players have got it in them to play. I think, I think there's elements of that squad. If they've got to start their season in, in July, I think it could be like a Ronald Koeman see, uh, season as it was a couple of years ago and we'll have Marco Silva out of job by October, November. I'm being de- and I just don't think mentally they've got it to do it, to, 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 to do that, to have that commitment from, from such early doors. Because it is, it turns, it turns your season into a massively, massively long season, doesn't it? You know, you're adding, you're adding effectively nearly two months onto your season. I, I feel in this case though, only time sh- should tell him we should obviously well, go I, out I, for the Open League. I, I think... Sunday will be a big indicator, won't it? Because 
if we play as lackadaisy and passive as we do against Fulham against Man United I don't think we will because it's United exactly yeah so that's what I'm saying so Sunday will give you an indication because if we definitely don't want seventh we just might as well play as passive as we did against yeah, and just Fulham and yeah. not turn up and we'll get comfortably beaten by Man United yeah. whereas if we show a little bit of fight and we have a go you, you just then say oh well we've learned our lesson last week was just a blip you know we are back on court because you know Sunday you know they're, they're going to new camps tomorrow night it's a hard game for them you know mm. you can't they've got some big games coming up Man United and I think if we can get up and at them I know we're going to talk about it later but you could be a, a different starter next week but mm. if we definitely don't want 7th and the players don't want 7th then they'll just not turn up like they did yeah. the weekend because they'll get beat because mm. if they give the, the enough space and chances what they did to Fulham at times in the second half as he was to Man United we will get we will get comfortably beaten because they've got better players. You have to look at the table for that, don't you? So yeah, I think time will tell whether we get Europa League and you know it affects Silver and the team. You know if it if we get it and we go on some sort of you know downward spiral at the beginning of the season like we did under Cumin, then I think a lot of Everton fans will be like, well, maybe it is the Europa League that's the issue. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if Silver manages to navigate through the the initial playoff rounds with success and not you know not too much trouble and not many injuries yeah. then you would say well Cumin was obviously a complete fault for that I, I, yeah I think I think as well you know if it comes to it and we do end up finishing seventh you know I, I, you'd like to think that one mistakes have been learned from last time and we've got someone who's a little bit more professional now and Marcel Brands who's probably pre- he's probably prepping for all different scenarios isn't he at the end of the day whether we finish seventh whatever or whatever it is whether it's Europa League or not there must be plans in place where it's like well if we do this if it's this we'll do this if it's that we do that so you know you never know but I just worry for that it depends who, it depends on recruitment as well and who comes and goes it, there's a lot of mitigating factors isn't there at the end of the well, day you just like to think first and foremost we'd, we'd embrace it wouldn't you if we come seventh yeah you've and got we, it and I think we don't, because, well the fans certainly will yeah, the fans but, certainly but will the, the silver doesn't start coming out pre-season saying stuff like it's a friendly oh, it's a friendly <laughs> it's going to disrupt us you know the, the thing that got me a little bit cooming with, with, with you know Puglique was he almost dismissed it as nothing hmm. which at the time I thought oh that's really good you know he's got higher expectations hmm. than Europa League football <laughs> but then when I was but, but as the more it went on I thought no he's just dismissing it because he doesn't he's not interested yeah. like it's not spot on he's not got higher hopes of like when he was first saying it I was thinking oh you know get a little bit kind of myself to be honest thinking oh he's the man because <laughs> he, he's thinking Champions League football you know that's what we should be aiming for and this that and the other top four you know writing mm. and then when it, as it went on and he was coming out and saying more and more things I thought no he's just not having this at all yeah he's just there's no interest he's in already it. getting his excuses in now for when it does, if it does start going wrong and go well I told you all back in July that he was going to play havoc with our season and it has done and we've not been able to get as fit as what we would have done because we had to start playing games earlier and you know, you look at some of them, them earlier, the Europa League games when like Tom Davis was playing like wing back and Calvert Lewin played wing back, didn't he? One of, one of the halves because he was saying it's a friendly and then doing things in the games as if a point of I told it's a friendly yeah, <laughs> type, yeah. type thing, you know. It, yeah. it, so for me, it was it was more the fact that we just dissed it, and I think at that point in time, because we'd held Cumin so much, and because the club had gone out with such a limb to get him in. No one really stood up to him and sort of said, "Well, hang on a minute, Ronalds. What, no, what do you think?" It was almost like, "Oh no, in Ronalds, we trust whatever he says, we go by." And then it was only when September, October come round that people started thinking, "Hang on a minute, no, actually, 
he's lost the plot here or mm. actually he's going down a, a, the wrong road and by that point it was too late to turn back and my only hope is if we do get seven we at least embrace it and treat it for what it is no let's just get our excuses in now as fast as we yeah. can so when it do, if it does go wrong we've got plenty to say well I did tell you in July and doing that what Koeman did as well it's insulting to the fans that it's insulting to the fans who you know we're going on them trips we're going on them trips spending money expecting us to win you know and I remember that it was Atalanta our first group game away and I remember watching it just thinking oh my god this is this is mm. so so poor that was the first sign I thought something's wrong here mm. something's not yeah. right something's not right and it kind of just slowly unraveled and all that because really we should have navigated that group quite relatively easily Atalanta you know don't get me wrong they're an Italian side you know but there was enough in our team to beat them uh, same with um, was L- it L- Limassol? Limassol, you know, they no disrespect, but that's the Farmers League, isn't it? Mm. At the end of the day, the only real test in that group sh- sh- was um, Leon. Was Leon? They're the Champions League team at the end of the day. And even then, they played the B team and could still beat us. Yeah, and and it was comfortable. I know the scoreline was only two one, but they were in control for the large yeah. part of that game. And yeah, it's just it, it's got. You are right there, Connor. It's got to be embraced by. The, the management and the team and, and, and in saying that feeds it into the card I look at that se- you know when we played it, when we under Martinez when we got to when we ended up going out in Kiev what a season that was for Europe you know every fan was bang up for it the mm. team was bang we were playing some great football in that competition um, same with Moyes under Fiorent when we played you know yeah. when we went out to Fiorentina you know even, even that you look at that Moyes team where was it in the team we beat in the group stage and we scored that goal. Osmond scored that goal. Oh, the yeah, yeah. That's but one of the best goals I've ever seen live at Goodison. Yeah, let it say. Where I think Pinar and Baines overlapped yeah, and, and they, the flick, the they flick. flicked the ball. Yeah. It was, that was brilliant. That was one of the best goals I've seen at, at Goodison. Surely brings the, the best out of you, Some of the best nights I think I've had at Goodison have been European yeah. Thursday night nights. Because <laughs> I can say when people embra- when everyone embraces it and you're going full hearted 100% into the competition, it's great. It's when you've got a manager sitting there going yeah it's not a competition we don't really we don't really be on it it's a trial and error this competition and mm. Koeman had, I remember looking back at, at that and Koeman done something similar as first season where there was a stat that every time Farhad Mashiri used to come and watch a game at Goodison he used to put Aruna Kone on the pitch so Aruna Kone made something like eight appearances at Goodison seven of which came when Farhad Mashiri was in the stands it was something it was something along them lines something like that and I remember reading like a, a piece by one of them the press lads and it basically said that it was done as a thing of this is what I've got to play with mm. you know this is what this is my backup option as a centre forward if anything happens to Lukaku and he started doing it again in this the year after with the, the Europa League as if like mm. it's trying out of this we're going to treat it as a friendly and he'd do things in the game to say well it's a friendly like you know I say Dominic Carver-Lewin at right wing back Tom Davis at right wing it was as if to say oh well I did tell you that we're treating them like, we're treating them like friendlies and they don't really don't really matter and I just think we've got to embrace it. If we do get there, we've got to embrace it. And if we don't, then we just go again next year and we start, we start afresh. That, and that's, I think, the way you've got to look at it. I think you could say in some respect the fact that we've got a chance is, is impressive because you look at where we were around January, February, we were well off the pace. If anything, the talk was a couple more defeats we could be looking nervously over our, our shoulder. You know, you look at Brighton now, yeah. They've been well and truly sucked into it. People were saying that could have been us. So the fact we give ourselves a chance is impressive. And I think you look at the, the season Wolves have had and the applause they've received. The fact we're so we know we're hot on their tails now as well proves that we've we kind of turned it around a little bit. So 
I think you just got to embrace what it, it is, what it is. And me personally, I think I would like to see us in Europe next year. But if we don't, then we don't. We well, only have to look at the winners. I've just got it up there. Like the, the no um, crap teams. I've had to come with it. Man United, Seville, Chelsea, Porto. It's a tough competition. Do you know their top teams are like probably at the time United weren't at the best, but they're still in the competition and, and going on. So doing it. Their top names aren't they? So you know. I, I, I can completely agree with you. Have you been swayed back now, Rob? Are you in for the Europa League or not? Do you think Thursday nights give you something to do? Yeah, go on, I mean. More money yeah, to spend. Yeah, waste on, on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Make a nice little trip out to Spain or Germany, you know. And then more pints down County Road for the home games. Yeah, there you go. You can't drink in the ground, can you? Yeah, you can't. Um, all right, it's a nice little um, segment there on the Europa League. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street Podcast Just wanted to touch on um, You mentioned a bit of planning for next season And stuff like that So one player who played for Fulham On um, Saturday had a quite, quite a good game And probably man of the match Mitrovic Is he someone that you would see As a potential sign for Everton next season? I'd say what if he plays like that Yeah Played very well he didn't was, he? He was an animal He, he was animal. a handful You know That's one thing I do like about Mitrovic He is aggressive He's He's almost like a diet Diego Costa, isn't he? Like he, he, he's got the aggression, but without the the quality of what Diego Costa possessed. And if we got someone like that in our team, who's how you know Harrison defenders and you know great, and I think he might fit into the the brand model of you know we don't particularly need like a you know a twenty plus goal a season striker. You know, it's about the, the team. The team contribution rather than an mm. individual and but yeah you know if we can get him on a cut price deal great because um, he's certainly not going to be playing championship football next year is he but you know where's this Mitrovic been all season for Fulham I'm not saying it's just down to him but mm. you know uh, would he potentially could he fit in like the Richarlison mode where you know if he's playing with better players you know maybe yeah yeah because he, he didn't have the greatest end of the season yeah, yeah. at Watford did he and stuff like that so yeah so I'd, you know if it's the price is right he'd certainly be someone I'd consider yeah I mean he's 24 Connor you know he's young you know potentially if he plays very well over the next two or three four seasons he fits in that mould doesn't he of, he would get a more of a valuation of selling price obviously that's what you're looking at now with Everton and stuff like that so is he someone that you would consider as a as a potential target yeah. but, so let me phrase it then differently sorry would you be happy if Everton started next season with Mitrovic as the main striker with Dominic Carver-Lewin as a semi-backup I don't know whether I'd be happy I'd probably still be a little bit apprehensive yeah. because they, like Rob said there's there's a few mitigating circumstances you know where's this former being all season okay he's not he's not had the greatest service of Fulham and he's struggled so you'd probably be a little bit apprehensive if he said oh he's the man who's going to score us 30 goals a season he's going to fill Lukaku's shoes because to be honest we need to, be, we need to fill Lukaku's shoes because you know no one gets near or has got near the amount of goals he scored but I, I said on a podcast a couple of weeks ago when looking for a forward okay we need to get someone who could potentially score 30 goals a season but we also need to get other forwards in and for me, that's why I would have no hesitation to sign like a Mitrovic. Because ultimately, if you've got three forwards in, or two along with that side, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, you can almost have a three-way battle. And the one who's performed most and scoring most starts. We've, the, said, and, it, we've said it before, isn't it? It's competition for places. And then, and then yeah. the beauty of it is, you've got two forwards fresh on the bench, you come on. 
So when you need to change it up, they, they get given a chance. They could stick a claim. You need that competition. You need that, you know, that that ability to freshen things up now and then. Too often this season, you know, we're relying on Dominic Calvert-Lewin up top by himself running. Don't get, I really like Dominic Calvert-Lewin. I think he's got something about yeah. him. But it's 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 very harsh to basically say to the kids, "All right, well, your son, you know, we're relying on you, mm. you up front." Because let's be honest, Saint Tosin, I think we'll. we'll struggle to stay at the club in the summer I think the club would have got rid of him in January only there seems to be a reluctance from his, his side to leave Umani asked is a simple outcast the fact that he's gone to Cardiff on loan so that does literally leave Dominic Calvert-Lewin as the only the forward yeah. of the club and he's not prolific is he? and he's not prolific he's still got a long way to go in terms of his development as a centre forward in my opinion so yeah I'm all for Swag and Mitrovic to come in hopefully we'll, we'll look on a, someone else someone maybe a little bit more prolific someone with a little bit more pedigree but if we were to get someone else and Trevichin then I would be happy because it at least gives us a little bit of competition we don't have the ability to freshen things up if it's not working well and and ultimately we're, we're, we're going to try and fill a void that we've not filled since Lukaku left the club nearly two years ago Okay then so let me ask you if it's Mitrovic Onyekuru and Dominic Cavalloon Again I'd still be apprehensive because there's not really that a rich pedigree there is the of you know prolific Premier League not prolific Premier League goal scoring because in all likelihood we're not going to get someone who's a prolific Premier League natural goal scorer because the, the best ones out there play for the top clubs and we won't get near them it's, it's as simple as that we've got nothing to win the only way you can enhance them is if we offer big wages and we've already seen that that's not going to be the case so I'd be apprehensive if that was the case um, but at least it'd be three options best more than one I know Tosin come on for the final six minutes on Saturday, but you know, watching him <laughs> struggling to see what he even offers, him, <laughs> you know, he, he, you can't knock the lad because he comes on and he runs around, but he does nothing much else, does he? <laughs> you know, and he, so I, I still be a little bit more pleased with that because it'd be three over one, but again, I'd be apprehensive because is that going to fill the void of someone who's naturally scored 25 to 30 goals a season for us? Probably not. Okay, uh, just to finish off on the the Fulham um, section of the podcast, then um, I gave up on the match long before the final whistle, so I didn't see this. DeAndre Gomez tackle. Yeah, uh, did you I've see? Just it? Literally seen the um, the breaking news. Oh, go on as you as we're recording. Go on. He's uh, he's being investigated for a um, for a stamp on Mitrovic. Right. Okay. Um, which happened at the end of the match, so he's facing a three match ban for that. Oh, no chance of Mitrovic coming to the club after that stamp, then, is there? <laughs> after well, that, going to be here, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Might be all right then. Um, yeah, like I say, I knew we weren't going to come back from that game, so I just I gave up watching it, and I, I haven't seen yeah, the tackle. Yeah. Was it bad? Yeah. 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 He, 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 he clearly knew what he's done. He knew what he was doing. It's not yeah. actual stamp, not even like a, just a no, bad, bad tackle. It's an actual stamp. So he's going to get a. Retro- well, if it's been so investigated, season could be over then, couldn't it? How many games left? Because he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll get Saturday morning, Sunday, sorry, and then if he gets banned, yeah, the season will be over, won't it? Because he's going to have three games left after Sunday. He's got to answer the court. He's got to answer it by tomorrow, so he could get banned for. Well, he could get. You yeah, might get one then. Last game of the season. Hmm. And not, it's it's evident. So it's, he's going to get banned, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. Probably a fourth game, you know, just to add insult to injury owners. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That I mean, but that, I think that, that sums up a little bit. Though is that you know our supposed you know European superstar midfielder who 
is the most composed man on the pitch. Yeah. Lost his cool and ends up stamping on someone. Is it a good thing? No, it's not a good thing. Don't get me wrong, but it shows that he cares. It kind of summed up, I think, the whole afternoon, didn't it? Even our super cool European central, you know, composed figure who's this sort of model-esque yeah. the one player you wouldn't lost, expect lost his temper and sort of <laughs> lashed out you know it just summed it up maybe he was frustrated then and he just thought I mean, you, saw, you saw about giving up on the game there. I know someone actually went on Saturday to Fulham yeah. the poor souls and as soon as the second goal went in they got off and got to get the early train back yeah. and I actually said why did you do that because I seen him in the pub on Saturday night and he said well the first half's like watching a pre-season friendly and once they went to the love, I knew we weren't going to get back in the game. So I said, come on, we'll get the, we'll get the early train back. So we go for a pint. So they made a wise decision. They made a wise decision. Fantastic decision, decision yeah. eh? Brilliant. Um, okay, well, that, that kind of moves on nicely to the to the next section of the podcast, which it's not directly about Everton, but I'm going to speak about it anyway. Um, a couple of years ago, Umani Ass was... Was given a ban for for diving, wasn't he? Retrospective ban. Wrongly banned. Yeah, well, you know, whatever your opinion of is it, it it is what it is, do you know what I mean? Um, Our our rivals over over the the park, Mo Salah, clear, blatant dive for me against Chelsea. I don't care what anyone says, it was a clear and blatant dive. Um, Rob, why aren't the FA looking into that? Because... there's only been two retrospective bans since this new, you know, law, rule, whatever you want to call it, has come in and it's been Everton, Zumanias and West Ham's Lanzini. Yes. So, are they just can't be bothered now? Are they just giving up or is it, you know, obviously don't want to go too hard, but is it because it's Mo Salah and Liverpool that it's not being investigated? Um, well, nothing, when I say nothing happened in regards to the Salah thing yesterday, no decision was given, you know, Liverpool weren't awarded a penalty at all, were they for it? I think that's probably... Well, no, but... Uh, no, no, I'm not, I, know, I know what you're trying to say, but I think if... I think if Liverpool earned a penalty from that yesterday, you'd like to think that this, you know, diving panel would have something to say about it. But, but is it going to be to do with if the ref hasn't seen it as well? If the ref hasn't seen it, the incident? It's, 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 I, I, think it, I, think it, I think it's hard because... For me, what is the actual rule and law and how, and how do you go about Well, exactly. It's, so it's deception, isn't it? It's not. It's, but it's, why is Umani Ass and Lanzini being banned then? Why are they the only two? Because no, there's been loads of other incidents. There's been, a lot, there's been some cases where people have dived, but on first viewing, super fast, you know, in, in real life, you think, oof, what's that a penalty? Because you see the intent of the defender going, you know, towards the ball. So when it's like that, does the referee then go back and say to the panel, well, I, 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 I kind of didn't give either way because I wasn't 100% sure. You just, this, is where, this is where, for me, again, the football and governing bodies just do themselves in because they bring laws and rules out. That they don't understand. But, but no one understands them. Yeah. The, no one understands the rationale behind them. So, you know, it's like like VAR now in the Champions League. Do the nice, the, the Danny Rose instance, for instance, you know, yeah, it was handball, but the referee gave that handball after watching a super slow motion of, of the incident. <laughs> now, for me, you shouldn't be doing that because every, be every, it always looks worse in, in the slow motion, doesn't it? If, you, mm. if you're going to watch it and stop it on frames and go, oh yeah, there you go, then that's not that's not the way the way I incepted I was. It's going to be a day to, it wasn't that, oh, it's going to be there to super slow motion things down and we'll, you can take five minutes to give something it, it's but I, th- I think in regards to Salah I think what you're getting at Salah there is at the end of the day 
he's tried to deceive a referee, hasn't he? That's what you're trying to say. And I am, it's a bit club thing, isn't it? The but, big club, but I'm, not, club. I'm not even trying to blame Salah. You know, if he if he wants to get one over for it on his team, fair play to him. If if an Everton player goes by any means to win a game and it, it benefits Everton, then then that's mm. fine. What I'm saying is, who is deciding that to look at the Nias one and the Lanzini one, but not the Salah one? Well, you mm. know who's on the panel, don't you? Um, Danny Murphy. Danny Murphy. Yeah. Why is it? You know, why have they got someone? Who's a TV pundit who isn't impartial on a panel? This is this is the thing. This is this is my whole problem with the whole system, the whole refereeing system. You've got terrible referees on the pitch. You're going to have the same referees looking at decisions in a van outside the ground when VAR comes in next year, mm. and then effectively you've got the likes of Danny Murphy, Danny Murphy, a former professional who shouldn't be anywhere near it, effectively refereeing something even more retrospectively a bit later on. Isn't he? And you're all right. There might be, you, there's a case of you know arguing that there is favour for, for the for the top six. You know, it, but there's been no mention of it. I mean, oh, yeah, it was on yeah, Sky. Yeah. You know, Sky. I can't remember if they replayed the. But I think there's been no mention. The footage, of it. there's but... been no mention of it because nothing was come of it. Nothing was given for it. At the t- he didn't earn a penalty from it, did he? he didn't but did, a, he didn't they ask earn his penalty? Did he get yeah, a penalty? We, we, we got, got a penalty. We got a penalty from okay. that's, what, that's, where, that's where I think that that's where I understand what you're it's saying. Still, it still doesn't make it better. It still doesn't. Oh no, totally not. Someone should retrospectively go in and go on. Harry just appeared to try to win a penalty. It might not happen or not, but there you go. Means a three-match ban. Don't do it again. If the referee hasn't given a penalty, surely he should be booking him for diving anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, but no again, the rules not clear. Like yeah, Connor said, the rules uh, not clear. It's not is clear, it? is it? Because a referee could say it's a coming together, but it's, n- it's not a penalty or a free kick. It's an accidental coming together because you could have an accident. Yeah. You can have an accidental coming together in the box, but it doesn't mean it's a dive or a penalty, does it? It's just a coming together. He slipped. You know, it's it just goes back to the rules that it's almost as if. We, we in this country and, and, and football especially it's like we hit brick walls and it comes to a head and you know you look at certain things that have happened it comes to a head and we just we just react we just there's no thought behind it we just instinctively react so there was loads of paces of people diving and people saying it's bad for the games bad for you know the kids watching it etc etc it's going to have real implications eventually so the FA went turned around and went alright well we'll put a committee in place they can review decisions <laughs> Great, but they're not even doing the job. Great, exactly. But what you know, no one actually knows. No, no, it's never been outlined what that committee's job is. How often they meet, where they meet, when they meet. You know, but I, well, I, I, it, it's my understanding that they meet and then they come together when there's an incident being, you know, um, like that, that that has come up. So this is not a Sunday league game, the Chelsea Liverpool game. No, no. This but is what, a, what I'm saying is, though, is the Sky what, what four PM is, game. Do they meet every Monday morning to discuss the big instance of that weekend, or is it a case of we think they might be a Irish day? Can you come to I Manchester? I think that's. I thought that's what it was. But, that, that but what I'm saying is, though, there's no, there's no outline. Is these mm. like the FA have come out and said, this is what this is who's on it. This is what they do. This is what I want to meet. This is what they're going to discuss. This is what they take into consideration. They're making the decisions, etc., etc. Same with VAR. We brought VAR in. VAR, you know, does work because it does enable referees to make the right decisions. But if you're going to start showing referees slow motion replays on the sides of pitching within five minutes to look at it, then it's going to kill football. Mm. Because if you're a paying fan who goes to the games, you know, we all go to the games. We've all paid a lot of money for our season tickets. It's a cold night. We're sat there. 
and some re- referees looking at a little monitor on the sides of the pitch for five minutes while we're all stood there within our thumbs going because mm. you don't know you don't know what's going on when you're in the ground I mean it, it's great when you watch it home on the television because you get goes at camera angles and you but when you're actually a paying fan going to the matches you have no idea what's going on you have no understanding what they're reviewing what they're looking at so yeah. you're but- being you're almost being you know, add off basically in the ground, and it's almost as if well, it's actually better if we got far to stay at home and watch the game because you'll you'll know then what they're reviewing because the commentators will say, "Oh, yeah, we're reviewing a potential handball." You go to match, you, you get nothing. It it going back to how it's all, you know, they make these decisions on on diving and things like that. There's been numerous occasions this season for a lot of clubs where they have deceived the referee and got a penalty through diving and it, it's it's almost like they, they pro, it wouldn't surprise me if they've on the sly just abolished this rule because there's been that many occasions of it this season um, not Louis Louis Zaha um, Wilfred Zaha a palace is, is king of diving Salah himself is um, Liverpool penalties this year where it's like hang on a minute mate that ain't a pen that. they just seem to be picking and choosing this is the they, 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 they seem yeah, to be picking and choosing choosing to make an example out of and it, the last time anyone was done was Umanias Lanzini was just before him mm-hmm. wasn't it that that game that you're referring to there was the best part of two years ago nothing's happened since nothing's happened since so probably because it is very hard to determine whether yeah. they've died but at least come out and say we're looking into that sort of thing it's like I was trying to say before um, this isn't a Sunday league game it's not as if this incident's gone under the radar it's, it's, the, top th- of the, table, it's the biggest game yeah. of the weekend on Sky millions and millions of viewers are watching this game yeah. you know the clip I've seen it is being clipped down and posted on social media umpteen times it's it's been seen everyone will yeah. have seen it you're not telling me that Danny Murphy and his, his two mates on that panel haven't seen that clip and if they haven't they're not doing the job properly I, I, I just think as well I mean the fact that Danny Murphy you know the most boring TV personality that the BBC have got, <laughs> you know, is on is on a, is on a board on a, is on a panel where he's making decisions is wrong. It should be that should be like a former referee's job consultant kind of thing. You know, the likes of your people, you know, the ones who do the sky, the sky the next day when they, you know they talk about ref watch. I think they call it doing things like that. That's what they should be doing. Is that has he tried to deceive a referee? There, that's the rule. I think have they tried to deceive a referee? Mm. And when the ass got done for it, it was that he tried to deceive the referee. Now, if I remember that challenge correctly, the ass gets himself between two palace defenders and contact made, and he goes down. Mm-hmm. Don't even that wasn't even as clear cut as it wasn't some of them. It wasn't, March, wasn't it? it wasn't, it, yeah, it wasn't clear. You know, and I'm not being for it. Like you've just said there, Connor, you can't slow these things down because if you're slowing them down, you can create any kind of inter- interpretation from it, can't you? Mm-hmm. Don't be wrong, I suppose it's got to be slowed down to, to some extent, but not like, you know, not like it's like complete, complete slow motion because at the speed, I mean, Umanias is a fast player. The game, the Premier League is the fastest league, is yeah. the fastest league in the world. These things happen at, break, at breakneck speed and so you can't slow something down to to be to come to well, see, what you believe is an informed decision. I, I seen one instance. I don't. I don't think it was in the Champions League. I think it must be in the Bundesliga or maybe even La Liga. And I think that the, the video VR actually stopped. So it stopped as the shot was hitting the person's hand. <laughs> like, yeah, this is hand because here's the still of it. You know, but there's I mean? no after effect of but, it. But yeah. the, but 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 the referee 
he could say should he be getting that, ang- that angle of the vid- of the yeah. production yeah. because you know if we're gonna like you say if we're gonna slow everything down everything looks worse in slow motion doesn't it really it's like I know. thought I thought Danny Rose last week was really hard done by and but then when you watch so, a super slow motion it's clear on board it's clear on board <laughs> it's the same with it was United again when United got the pen against PSG I don't think that was a penalty I think I, I, I was sat there watching that game when um, they had that shot Dallas, thing, had, Dallas, had Dallas, shot. Dallas had the shot it goes out for a corner I'm just thinking oh United are going to pile everyone forward here and then all of a sudden it was like oh no I know what are they discussing here oh they're just going to handball what handball mm. I agree with you to an extent I think my understanding of that rule now is if it hits your hand it's next a penalty year, it? next year next year but next it's, year, it, it it's seems if it hits your hand it's yeah, a penalty in any shape or form no that is right it's, it's meant to have been implemented next year but it seems like they've just taken oh, it into account out, this yeah. year they just thought sod it let's just yeah, go with that yeah, yeah. which I'll be honest with you I think it's better I don't think it's a bad thing no, because it's more definitive then if it hits your hand it hits your hand yeah. I, I don't know I, I think I can understand and I can I can hear an argument from someone's side saying well he didn't mean to or or whatever but what you want to do yeah you know. at least this way it's a definitive mm-hmm. it's hit your hand and you know there's no there's a, it's stopped a, a goal scoring or kind of goal scoring so chance basically there's no interpretation of it it's hit your hand that's it end well, of story that's what like Connor yeah. said it's right, meant right, to be next that's season that's fine the same needs to happen with offside then the same needs to happen then with with what we've just brought up there about diving don't get me wrong I know a penalty wasn't given against Chelsea yesterday for that incident mm. but they need to be going back into that going he's deceived the referee one way or another there he needs reprimanding for it they, that's me I think like, you, you hit the nail on the head there the FA bringing these rules and there's no clarity on them whatsoever but if they, had, if they if they simplified the rules again you know this the offside rule for starters handball if they're doing that great simplify the game again and make VAR as effective as it should be because I think Everton um, got away with um, I can't argue to be play it was a home game recently it might have been Chelsea and the ball hits Michael Keane on the arm and it in in by right by rights then next season ball that's a stonewall penalty I'm fair enough yeah if the rule is clear that's a stonewall penalty they've definitely just started doing it this season though the referees have just thought sort this on like you know, and, and and this this is this is my whole problem with the whole refereeing system it's who's doing it it's the clarity behind it and then the likes of the Salah thing there what what we've been discussing you know Nias's Nias's punished there what did he get a three game ban for that two game ban I can't remember whatever it was you got a ban for that which I'm not being funny I'm, I'm, I'm not even saying this through blue tinted glasses because I remember watching the game thinking that's a penalty that he sandwiches himself between two defenders and they trample they trample him almost and he goes down and rightly ends a penalty but and then I, I can't remember the Lanzini one if I'm being perfectly honest but that season Deli Alley was getting away with murder in terms of diving not once was he banned mm. not once mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of it goes back to like you know, Neil Warnock's been quite vocal, hasn't he, in the, in the last couple of weeks about big, big, the big teams get all the decisions. Yeah. That no one cares about the little clubs type mentality, and I suppose you, you could say that a little bit over this. You know, if that was say Shane Long at Southampton diving, would he have been reprimanded more than Salah, for instance, because it was Salah and he wants to score a fantastic goal? Which propelled Liverpool back to the top of the Premier League. It's like, oh, well, let's forget about that now. Well, exactly. You know, that as bad's been all yeah. done by his goals. You know, let's focus on the positives, not the negatives. So, 
I think there's a little bit of that. I think there's, there's always been a little I bit mean, of that. Ju- just imagine we're at the business end of the season now. City and Liverpool are going head, head for head for this title, tit for tat. Imagine if Mo Salah's banned for three of them games. Exactly. Mm. Imagine the uproar. Imagine uh, like what, like you can just... Well, rest assured, the the FA panel obviously haven't seen the incident, so I'll be sending this podcast good. off to the yeah, FA. Good. And if it's off the incident, exactly, yeah, <laughs> just to it. Call it okay, the grass. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm bitter and I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, very quickly then, that was a good segment, that actually, but very quickly, we will just talk about the United game, a little preview. Um, Connor, obviously, you mentioned before, Man United got a massive game, haven't he, on Tuesday? Yeah. Um, win, lose, or draw that? Do you think they'll have enough on um, Sunday? Are they, they going to have enough to, to come out and make it a good game? It just depends what Everton team turn up, doesn't it? Mm. If it's the Everton team that played against Arsenal, I'd actually fancy us because I, I honestly don't think they're that good. I watched them the weekend against West Ham and he was terrible. I think Solskjaer even said himself, we got, we got away with it. Got away with it, yeah. You know, the guy has saved them again. How many times have we said that sentence over the last 18 months? So if we come out and play the same like we did against Arsenal, we've got a real, real chance. If we're not going to play in the manner like we did against Fulham, we will probably get comfortably beaten because one thing about United, they have got good players going forward. Mm. You know, say you're a power piece. Marcus Rashford's prolific. Not prolific as, as a goal scorer, but he's prolific getting in behind with, with his turn of pace. You know, yeah, he's yeah. got a good turn of pace. But if Paul Pogba decides to turn up and, and have a go, you know, he could be unplayable. It's just whether he turns up and decides to have a go. Um, so for me, it just it's all dependent on what Everton team turn up on and what way they fan, whether they fancy having a go or not. I think regardless of what happens on Tuesday night, they've got to win. And they'll, they'll know coming what happens on, whatever happens on Tuesday night, they've got to win. Because they, I mean, if they, they get beat on Tuesday, then they need to start winning games in the yeah, Premier League, don't they? They're so? already chasing, aren't they? Uh, um, and for me, they, they've got some big, big games coming up. I think they've got all City... And Chelsea, I think, still left to play hmm. out the final five. So they probably looked at our game as if to say we need to get three points there mm-hmm. um, if to get top four, for them to get top four. So yeah, I think regardless of whatever happens at the new camp, they've got to come and have a go and try and get a win. And f- for us, it just depends whatever team decides to turn up. If they turn up and have a go, we've got a chance. If we decide to turn up and got, treat it like a pre-season friendly, we'll, we'll get comfortably beaten. Okay, Rob. Big week for United, didn't it? Um, you know, Connor just mentioned there they've got um, Barca tomorrow and then us at the weekend and then City, isn't it, on, when, on the Wednesday? Yeah, next week. You know, it's a big weekend. They've probably looked at these fixtures and they've probably gone, you know, that Everton game's vital. We get three points there because there's no guarantee they're going to get through on um, Tuesday. Tuesday. And depends what, you know, if City turn up with the tails, you know, with the tails between the legs, you know, it, it could be a long night for them. it could be a long night for them um, so they're probably going to look at Goodison as the one where right we'll book three points here and, and but again it depends what Everton team turn up if they turn up and and, and have a and have a go then you know it could go our way but personal opinion is I think we're probably looking at I think we'll be 1-1 one, one. that's but I don't think we'll win yeah I don't think we'll win I think I think United are going to want it more than us and now with Andre Gomez, without you know, that's a big blow for us. I think in the middle of the park. One one then, and out for the Easter Sunday bevy afterwards, then yeah, definitely. Connor, what are you saying? 
two one Everton. Got nothing oh. optimistic. Nice. Not, not exactly being the Europa League happy yeah. podcast. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> not being one of the most you know, happy ones. So but it ends on a positive note, haven't you? Two one Everton. I'll go, yeah. I'll go one nil then. I'll go one nil. Classic one nil. Yeah, I think United will probably go out. Tomorrow, yeah, Tuesday. Tomorrow, Maybe left reeling from that where they've got enough because mm. they'll probably they'll probably just put everything in. You know, if they're getting beaten, it's it's close against Barca. They'll probably just power players on. I think. I think as well. I think. I think. Shawshar come to United, didn't he? With this big, you know, like he he, he carried a bit of like a a, crest, a wave of uh, optimism for like quite a while. And past few weeks, results haven't really gone their way, and you're starting to see the old United creep back in now. The United they had under Mourinho and. I think they're looking a bit leggy, and it, it's we can get at them, but it just it just we just can't play Everton. like we did against Fulham. Yeah, it just depends what Everton team turn up. Okay, Rob Connor, thanks very much for coming on. No um, that's it for this week's view from the Gallery Street Fan Podcast on the Acast and iTunes channel. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.